as one of our great hosts on on a hero likes to say we're just gonna shoot from the hip what's going on guys welcome back to another episode of on a hero uh back from a long hiatus uh i'm your host today Melly mel um everyone else is busy it's been it's been wild um last couple last month last couple months um i've just been taking on uh a lot of work uh, at my job, as well as Vic, um, our new one of our new hosts, Chris. She's just been uh, running around. I mean, different jobs. She's going to and fro like uh, around the country. She's a beast. Um, Greg has his hands full. His brother's getting married, and uh, T got T's like coaching like fucking little league baseball. <laughs> I mean, he's. <laughs> Tease the fucking man, yo. I don't know how this guy does it. Two kids, fucking dog, um, works like a motherfucker, and now he's uh, he's a fucking coach. Uh, shout out to T. He's the fucking man. Um, okay, it's been a long time. Um, I'm not gonna take too much of your time. And for all the new listeners, welcome to uh, On a Hero. We just talk about everything superhero related, pop culture, anime, uh, video games, sometimes horror. On this episode, I'm just going to be reviewing um, some movies, movie trailers, some uh, comic books, uh, and a little bit of anime. Again, it's been it's been a long time, so we're just going to shoot from the hip. Um, the last time I spoke to you guys, I think we talked about fucking um, Ant-Man, Quantumania. If you guys haven't seen that episode, please check it out. Also, a heads up, I'm going to be like sipping caffeine throughout this episode. Um. <clears throat> all right, Shazam two. I saw it. Um, for everyone who was reluctant to see it, uh, it's what you expect. It's a, it's fucking it's a kids movie. Um, you know it's uh it's it's a popcorn film. Um, but you know it actually has uh, it's actually pretty consistent in terms of like storytelling versus um some other films that uh have been coming out which is uh, a bit all over the place with multiple plot points this one has a pretty thorough through line uh throughout the film i mean here's the thing this is my only problem I, I, you know what let me start with the good maybe i'll start with the bad i'll start with the bad i don't want to end on a on a on a sour note the bad is this fucking guy, man. I mean, all love to Zachary Levi. I don't know you, and I also don't love you. I'm just saying that just to be nice. But goddamn, man. I don't know if the director is like, I don't know what he's doing. Talk to the actors. Maybe tell them, hey, you're playing the same character. Did you know that? The kid who plays Billy Batson, he uh, says the name... Shazam and he transforms into an adult superhero that's that's what this character is the problem is in the film the kid actor and Zachary Levi who plays Shazam they don't act like the same person all what happens all what is supposed to happen for example in the comic books when this character was created when Billy Batson says Shazam, he turns into an adult. He's still Billy Batson. He doesn't transform into another person. Referencing Master of Disguise. He's still the same person. He's just an adult. He's just... He's powerful. That is it. It's not, it's not a complete 
a completely different person. It's not multiple personalities. It's not supposed to be that. You know, when Eddie Brock turns into Venom, he's he's uh, the symbiote is its own character. The symbiote, you know, that's why it goes, we are Venom. There's two people. It's the symbiote and Eddie Brock. They both share it. Shazam is not supposed to be that fucking person. Also, it's odd in the film that Billy Batson, the younger version, he, he this kid is playing Billy as an adult because in this film he's 18 now and he acts like an adult. He acts like almost like the father of the foster home. And then when he turns into Jem, he's like, yo, I think he de-aged. Now in this film, he's even more goofier and cringier and just louder than we've seen in the previous film. It's just, just play, you're playing the same guy. It's bizarre. That's the only problem with the film. Is that you're like, oh, so he he turns into a mentally handicapped person? Is that when so what happens when he says Shazam? No, that's not what's supposed to happen. But in the film, that's what happens. Um, the good, the good of the film. Um, there's this kid. He plays this uh, this paraplegic kid. And in the film, when he says Shazam, he's part of the Shazam family. He turns into. Um, Captain Every Power. That's what he calls himself. The kid is really entertaining. And the actor who plays Captain Every Power, also super entertaining. A lot of people's, some people might say the kid is annoying. He talks really fast. Um, very, very quick-witted. Uh, I think he's like, I think he's the humor of the film, even though he's not even in it that, but no, he's in it. Um, I think he's the humor. Of, I think he's great. Um, that that's That's good. And he was consistent with his adult counterpart playing the same character. Um, again, I liked how it was consistent. They 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 stuck with the plot. It's very, very simple. You don't have to think too much. You can get up, use the bathroom, get popcorn, come back, and you still know what the fuck is going on. Um, Lucy Liu, she played the villain. Uh, Helen something. H- Helen, I, I don't know. This is some old bag. She was, uh, she was another villain. Turns good. At uh, essentially what what the film is about, it's about. So, in the first film, there was this staff that uh, gave Billy Batson his powers. At the end of the film, the first film, they break the staff in half, and in doing so, they released these 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 girls, Helen and Lucy Liu from captivity because they were they were imprisoned so now they want the powers of shazam that's what they want so very very simple um at the end of the film we see shazam sacrifice himself and it's very very short-lived because um they're at the funeral it it really happens really really fast he sacrifices himself to obviously beat the bad guy they're at the funeral and then wonder woman shows up and she revives him and everything is and everything is fine uh that's that's basically the film <laughs> it's i recommend it if you have uh if you have kids 
or if you have drugs, one one or the other, or if you just want to put something in the background, you just want to see some wacky shit going on. Put it on. It's it's watchable. It's like cheaper by the dozen with Steve Martin. You can put it on and you can have a good time. So uh, if you're looking for something like uh, dark and gritty, something with a lot of meaning like The Watchmen or uh, Logan, you know, actual good movies, then this movie's not for you. But if your kid is into my niece, she's really into that ladybug, ladybug, um, this ladybug cartoon animated show on Netflix uh, or Teen Titans Go. If you're into just a movie made for children, I mean, it, you, you'll, you'll enjoy this. I, I watched the film because I'm a fucking nerd. So. Okay. What else? Um, Power Rangers. Power Rangers came out with um, a special on Netflix. It was um, it was harsh. The plot. So for everyone who's unfamiliar. Trini, the actress who played Trini in the original cast in the 90s, she died. And the movie is essentially about her. It's kind of. It kind of hit the feels with me a little bit just because I know the actress died years ago, decades ago. And the story is about that. But they... So what happens is robot Rita, it's Rita, she comes back as a robot. She takes over the body of uh, Alpha. So now it's like she's like a robot Rita. The movie starts with a battle between the Power Rangers and Rita, and Rita delivers like a killing blow to Billy with her staff. She shoots this this death blow blow power beam at Billy, and quote unquote Trini, you don't they don't show her; they just show the Power Ranger, the yellow Power Ranger, takes the hit and dies. It's fucked up. It's wild. I was like, oh my god, they're really doing this. That must have been so awkward, by the way, just to ask like the actress's family, hey, we're going to do this movie about your daughter, and in the movie, she's going to sacrifice herself and die. It just, I don't know. That was a little weird. That's why I was like, it's a, a little bit harsh. When I saw that, I'm like, wow. That, that's why it hit the feels with me a little bit, because I'm like, fuck, that, that hurts. Um, and the film is about a couple years later, Trini's daughter, her taking up the yellow Power Ranger mantle and defeating uh, Robot Rita. That was just, I was like, wow, they're really going with this, huh? Unfortunately, um, I said unfortunate. Unfortunately, uh, the Red Ranger, the guy who played Jason, the original cast, not everyone is there. Kimberly's not there. Jason's not there. Obviously, Jason David Frank, the guy who plays Tommy, uh, he passed away. The only people who were in this film were Zach, the Black Ranger, and Billy, the Blue Ranger. It kind of centers around them and Trini's daughter. Because I think they were the only ones who were down to get like a $500 paycheck. <laughs> I'm, kidding. I'm kidding. I don't They probably got paid. I hope they got paid. They're legends. 
I really hope they got paid. Um, Rocky. Do you remember the the actor who played Rocky, the the Red Power Ranger? He he took up the mantle for a while. He's in the film, obviously, because you know he needs to have dinner. And uh, Cat, the the Pink Ranger, she's also in the film. Uh, she was the blonde in Power Rangers Zio. She's also in the film. You can really see the age on these on Rocky and Cat, but man. Billy and Zach, these guys, I don't know how old they are, but they look like, they, especially Zach, the, the Black Ranger, he looks like he hasn't aged a day. He has a fight scene where that's him. I'm watching and I'm like, no, no that, that that's the guy. He's doing all the fucking stunts. He's probably in his 50s. He has to be. I mean, this guy is fucking active. I'm like, wow. Okay. Guy still, he still got it. He still got it. If anyone has seen the Power Rangers 10-minute short film on YouTube, check that shit out. It is so good. It is very dark. The action scenes are incredible. You can tell like they really put time in the martial arts and the choreography of it. I like how I like the suits in that film too. There's blood. They use the sabers and the guns and and they really show it. it they they take the Power Rangers and put it kind of in like a real world setting, almost like Batman Begins. It felt like Batman Begins kind of to me, except a little more gory. Check that shit out. The, the guy from Dawson's Creek is in it. He plays, I think he plays Jason or some shit. But that's good. Anyway, I'm saying that because this Power Rangers special on Netflix is nothing like that. And it's fine, by the way. Because it, it does play homage to the the 90s show. And it does a great job of it. The acting is absolutely terrible. And that's fine because that's what it was. I expected it. There Are there cringe moments? Absolutely. We see Trini's daughter doing martial arts in her backyard with like awkward close-ups at the end of... She like does like a bunch of moves and then she like poses in a prime mantis style that looks like she's like pinching a nipple. It was interesting. And they, 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 they freeze framed on that, but it, it just supports. It's just very old school, classic power Rangers. This, uh, you could, they, you can tell they didn't have a super large budget. Unfortunately, we didn't get any, uh, Brian Cranston cameo. He was in the, the power Rangers movie that came out a couple of years ago. Um, but yeah, it, it plays like uh, it plays like a Power Rangers, um, a regular classic Power Rangers episode, just with a little bit more feels because obviously it centers around Trini and her death and her daughter. But also, um, it, it's kind of badass. It's a little badass. In the final fight scene, the Power Rangers they're at Rita's castle. And they summon their they summon their um their weapons. You know the Red Ranger has a sword, the Black Ranger has an a, a battle axe that turns into a gun, which is so fucking cool. I never really like gave that weapon that much credit. It's an axe and it's a gun. The Blue Ranger has his staff, whatever. Fucking, it's a cool staff. It has, it's like a it's like a psi slash staff. It's like if you put Raphael from the Ninja Turtles, if you put his weapons on the edge of Donatello's, that's what Billy's weapon is, the Blue Ranger. 
Uh, the Yellow Ranger, Trini's daughter, she has these daggers. Uh, the Pink Ranger has this like bow staff. In the old, in the old show, when they use their weapons, you would just see the putties, the um, the bad guys, they would just explode. In this one, when they use their weapons on the guys, like Trini's real, Trini's daughter, she's really stabbing the putties. It's fucking, it's badass. Um, Billy at one point he takes his staff. And shoves it through Robot Rita when she's not paying attention. Right in the back. She's like, she summons this monster on the on the moon. And it's like growing. And she's not paying attention. And Billy just like shoves his weapon right through her. And he goes, cool, so that's the end of that. I'm like, if you guys were down for just mauling your villains, you should have done that a long time ago. That was badass. There are obviously there are silly scenes like there's a scene where Billy and um, Billy, Zach and Trini, Trini's daughter, they're trying to escape from Rita. So instead of just, you know, normally Power Rangers, they just like teleport out of there with their powers. Instead of teleporting out of there, grabbing Trini's daughter and getting the fuck out, they power down and then jump in a car to drive away. I'm like, what do you guys you can teleport. What? Why are you doing that? So that was a little silly, um, but overall, it's it's enjoyable. I I I was I was invested. Funny enough, if you're if you're an old school, if you grew up with the Power Rangers, I think you'll enjoy it. That's just me. Okay. Um, let's talk a little bit about anime. I've been watching Hajime no Ippo for anyone who is into anime. Um. For anyone who knows me, I am fucking super into boxing. Love it. This show I got put on, I got put onto this show, Hajime no Ippo. It's a show about boxing. Uh it's an anime about boxing. And what's really cool about it is they really break it down. And they get into the history of not only the sport with some famous fighters like Tom Yearns, Mike Tyson, Sugar Ray Leonard. But they break down the nuances of the sport that the casual viewer doesn't pick up, which is so cool, by the way. I really like Naruto. I was watching Naruto for a while. I watched the the first couple, maybe three, four seasons. And the reason I liked it is because it was kind of an evolution of Dragon Ball Z to me. Because Dragon Ball Z is by far the goat of all animes. It was just fast-paced fighting. But the reason I I, enjoy, I really started enjoying Naruto is because they broke down their powers and their fighting styles. And in the show, the way the animators did it, you can see their style. You can see Drunken Master fighting style. You can see um, uh, different kind of ninjutsus. And they explained what each ninjutsu does. For example, uh, there's this character, um, Neji, and you know what? I'm going to botch it, and all the Naruto people are going to hate me, but they really break it down. Each, I'm, I'm not going to try to explain it. Anyway, they kind of take that concept. I don't know if it's like the same producers or whatever, but it's the same concept into this uh, Hajime no Ippo show with boxing, switching stances. Going southpaw, 
different kinds of guards, um, different kinds of styles, keeping your front, uh, your front arm down, inviting your opponent to come inside so you can throw a two. Or maybe you have a high guard like Mike Tyson, the peekaboo style. That's Mike Tyson, and that's what Haji, and that's what I don't. I forgot the main character's name, but that's what he adopts. And then there's obviously a style like Sugar Ray Leonard where you're bouncing around the ring. There's a brawler style. They 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 really get into the details of boxing and and how the game is how the game is um is fought is is played, um, the training that goes into it. They they go into the training. It's very cool. For a casual boxing viewer, when you're watching and you don't really understand the sport, you know, you're just rooting for somebody. And it's just people throwing hands. But for people that are really into boxing, you'll enjoy Hajimino Ippo if you really wanted to get into boxing. Honestly, I think you start with that show. It, it's They break it down that well. I, I, I'm really shocked. It's very good. So really recommend um, Hajime no Ippo. Been watching that anime. <clears throat> comic books. I want to talk about this uh, one comic book that I've been that I read. I've been reading a lot of books lately. My favorite books right now on the shelves are Ghost Rider, Spider Man, and. Uh, Junkyard Joe, The Ambassadors is very good. That just came out. It's by Mark Miller. It's essentially a, a comic book about if each country had their own superhero. So each country elects an ambassador to be their to be their superhero. That's what it's about. But the book I really wanted to talk about that came out in 2016. And I read this because I was on a I was on a work trip and I wanted to read a good book and Tom King is my fucking guy. The Visions, The Vision. Wow. Wow. Again, guys, you don't need to understand anything about comic books if you just want to read a very good story in the superhero genre. Please. 10 stars, 10 out of 10 for this book. One of the best books I've ever read is The Vision by Tom King. It's available in paperback and hard book cover, the full volume, so you don't have to buy multiple comic books. You can just go into your go into the store, ask for it, order it online. It's all done. It's all ready. Again, you don't need to know anything about what's going on in the comic book continuity universe. It's a story about the vision. And I hope that everyone knows who the vision is. If you're listening to this show, I really hope you know who the vision is. He's that robot. He's the son of Ultron. He's born out of Ultron. Born from the um Power Stone, I believe. I'm I'm probably getting that wrong. It's the the Yellow Stone. You saw him first in the Avengers Age of Ultron film. He's played by Paul Bettany. He died in Avengers Infinity War. He was also on the show WandaVision. It's a robot. This is what I love about Tom King, by the way. He takes these most obscure characters that no one gives a shit about, and he makes them interesting. Interesting enough where I'm like, I want to get more out of this character. I loved Mr. Miracle. 
That's that's top three favorite books of all time. Mr. Miracle written by Tom King, a character that I did not know about, did not give a shit about. And now I want more of Scott Free. He's the alter ego of of Mr. Miracle. Anyway, back to the vision. The vision is a fucking robot. Who gives a shit? It's just a robot. Fucking he's alpha from the Power Rangers. No one really cares about vision. Just a highly intelligent AI with with powers. He's to to some people, he's Martian Manhunter of of the Marvel universe. Martian Manhunter's from DC. He's just he he's there and you're like, "Oh yeah, he's a cool character, but you know, you're not wearing the Martian Manhunter t-shirt. You're not buying his books." But this is what Tom King does. He takes these characters and he's like, "Oh, that's interesting. I want to explore that." He also has a oh one one of the another phenomenal comic book that's out right now by Tom King is Danger Street. Highly recommend that. Okay, Mel, go back to Vision. You keep getting off track. Okay, I'm gonna okay, I'm 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 there. I'm just I get really excited about this shit. Vi- the Vision. It plays like a breaking bad a breaking bad uh episode. It plays like that. Breaking bad for anyone who hasn't seen that. That's also Brian Cranston. That's the second time I referenced that motherfucker. Wow. It's about spoilers. It's about uh, the vision robot. He's, I mean, his character, when you think about it, for all the knowledge in the entire world, he's still trying to find his own purpose, which is so interesting. You know everything about the world, how it was created, how humans and the plants and the solar system, you know everything. But the end of the, at the end of the day, so interesting about like human beings, we're still searching for meaning in life. Like why? What would then? Okay, then why are we here? That's what makes us human, which is so fucking cool. And we explore that in in Vision, him trying to find humanity, and he just wants to fit in. So we see Vision move into the suburbs, and he creates his own family. Wife, two kids. At one point, he gets a dog. But this comic book is not bad guy versus good guy. It's all internal. It's family issues. Um, that's what it really like boils down to is is family and what it is to live life. What happens in life? Why? Why we lie? Why we make? bad decisions it's 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 very raw and very real it plays almost like a thriller horror type comic book from the jump from the first book at the end of the first book you're like holy shit it's a book tom king writes you need to read you need to read these words and really absorb them don't just like run through it because every single line matters For anyone that wants to hear the spoiler, I'm going to spoil it a little bit just because I'm just so excited about this book. What happens in the book is his wife, he created his wife, Viv. Again, he wanted this perfect family. They send their 
son and their daughter to school, the son, he gets bullied. So, um, oh man, I don't want to spoil it. Fuck. Just please read it. <laughs> I'm going to hop on a pod with Vic and we're going to break it down, but please pick up that book. If you guys have seen Logan, where Logan goes at the end of the Logan film, when he goes, don't be what they made you, that line hits in this book with um, the Vision's brother, Victor, a.k.a. Victorious. There are some shocking deaths in here, some crazy twists. You'll see the Avengers in this book because it gets that wild. And by the end of the book, you're just like, man, hits the feels hard. And it's a weird twist at the end that they don't really like follow up in because the book was never, uh, they they didn't follow it up for some for some reason. It was just a mini series. But please pick up that book. Okay. Now I want to try something uh, a little different. We're gonna we're gonna watch some trailers and I'm gonna break it down. So this is gonna be a little weird because I'm gonna unplug my mic. And just so you guys can hear the uh, the the trailer as I'm watching it, let's start with the flash. That looks legit. Um, I mean, you guys all know how I feel about this movie. I mean, it's a story about trying to save somebody that you love. That's what it really boils down to. The Flash lost his mom when he was uh, when he was young, and he wants to go back in time and save her. And then when he does that, he changes. Everything. So you know that it's going to end fucking harsh, heartbreaking. But I'm really, really excited. Ben Affleck said that he really got the Batman character down in this film. He found it and he's really excited for people to see it. Which, like, by the way, like, fuck, man, you found the Batman character. Now I want you to stay on board as Batman. I know there's a lot of people that hate that, but um, I love Ben Affleck's Batman. He, I think he's, I think he, I think he's the best. Uh, I'm sorry, um, but yeah, the CGI looks great. I, I, Supergirl looks awesome. I love that uh, Michael Shannon is back as General Zod. It should be really, really fun. It, it's super interesting. Obviously, it, it's not going to be word for word from the comic book, so we don't know who what's going to happen with this second Barry. Very, very excited for uh for, for the Flash film, so I'm gonna go ahead and play the next trailer. One second. This is the Marvels. What the hell are you doing? Entering the jump point perimeter. Gonna get you some readings, Perry. Hello? I never saw a fucking the Marvel show. I love the Beastie Boys plan. They're really selling this as a fun film. Brie Larson looks like she's doesn't give a shit. <laughs> Malakon looks fun. I don't know shit about that character, but action looks good. Okay, you know what? For for all you uh 
for all you sexist assholes <laughs> who thought this was going to be bullshit. You know what? Honestly, when I first heard about this film coming out, I thought it was going to be. I don't know. I don't know what it, I thought it was going to be. I thought it was going to be kind of. How do I how do I put this? Too political. I thought it was going to be way too political. But this looks fucking fun. This looks a, like a lot of fun. They're switching bodies for some reason. I don't really know. I don't really care. But they're really selling it with the music. The the fight choreography look good. It looks, it looks like a fun film. I think I'm going to check it out. 100%. I mean, you're talking to the guy that fucking watched Shazam. So, of course, I'm going to check this shit out. Okay. Um, last move, not last trailer from Marvel. We got Spider Man across the Spider Verse. Let's check this shit out. My name is Miles Morales. I'm Brooklyn's one and only Spider Man. The first movie I thought was one of the best Spider Man movies of all time. All right, whatever. Whatever. So, are you like a cow or a Dalmatian? The villain is Spot. Spot. <laughs> it's not funny. Don't don't do that. Don't know this villain much. Hates are pretty good. A and AP physics. That's my little bit. And a B in Spanish. Mira, he's lying to you, and I think you know it. So Finals. Wanna get out of here? Yeah. There's an elite crew with all the best spider people in it. Who's the new guy? This is unbelievable. This is the lobby. Gal O'Hara. The whole thing was his idea. What's a guy got to do to join this spider team? You can never be part of this. Don't even get me started on Doctor Strange and the little nerd back on Earth 1999. Come on, go easy on the kid. He had a terrible teacher. Peter. Miles. Hey, hey. You have a baby? I have a baby. I'll take it from here. Miles, being Spider-Man is a sacrifice. We have a choice between saving one person and saving every world. Spider-Man, always. Not always. What about Uncle Ben? If not for Uncle Ben, most of us wouldn't be. Can't lose one more friend. Now, this is what we talked about. There's no idea what we're doing. Everybody keeps telling me how my story was supposed to go. I'm gonna do my own thing. I'm gonna do my own thing. Yeah, this looks great. Everyone chasing after Spider Man. Um, yeah, I like it. I like it a lot. I'm I'm pretty excited for it. In the comic books, his mom dies. In this movie, it looks like the dad is going to die, and Miles is going to try to save him. Looks like almost like the Flash, but obviously it changes everything. And it looks like Miguel O'Hara, Spider Man of 2099, is going to try to stop him and get all the Spider Man to stop him. It's it's something that we've uh, it's a story that we've definitely seen before where it's you know you can't have you can't have your cake and eat it too. 
Isn't that fucking phrase kind of weird? You can't have your cake and eat it too? The fuck? What is that even? That's so dumb. If I have a cake, I'm eating that shit. But <laughs> you can't have everything. It's funny. My dad told me when I was younger, if you had if you had everything you ever wanted, you'd be a spoiled brat. And that always stuck with me. But in this story, it seems like he's gonna try to save his he's gonna try to save his dad. And Miguel O'Hara is trying to say, like, listen, we all lost Uncle Ben. We all wouldn't be here if we didn't lose Uncle Ben. We're not gonna go back and, and try to change things. It's just what happens. And the hero is always stuck with that with that dilemma. You know? Save the world, selflessness, or self being selfish. And doing something for yourself. And in this case, it's saving his father, which might lead to him not being Spider-Man anymore. It could lead to that. And Miguel O'Hara is trying to stop it. I like it a lot. I'm 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 really interested in this film. Um and we got one more that we're gonna check out. This is Blue Beetle. He's a DC character for anyone who doesn't know Blue Beetle. I don't either. Vic. Uh, knows a lot more about him, but let's check out this trailer. You went in to get a shot, and all you brought back was a hamburger. Okay, I don't think it's a burger. You haven't enough. George Lopez. This fucking guy. Looks like a CW movie. Another superhero origin. Looks like a blue Iron Man. Looks just like fucking Iron Man. Reentry systems ready. Typical. You get your new powers. You don't know what to do with it. Everyone's like, whoa, whoa, whoa. Like, we haven't seen this in fucking Spider-Man, Iron Man, Shazam, where they're flying. And they go, whoa, whoa. My man cut through a fucking bus and didn't kill anybody. That's fucking weird. I, I think I cut that bus. Yeah. All right. That villain looks like Craven, the man, Craven, but it's definitely not him. All right. His ship looks like the Watchmen Night Owl ship. George Lopez giving some inspirational speeches. Good to see. Good to see. And more of this nanotechnology bullshit. That's fantastic. Where you just summon your fucking weapons and your armor because it's easier. Everything is easier with CGI. I like Batman stuff. Batman's a fascist. All right. Shut the fuck up, George Lopez. You're a fascist, shithead. I didn't mean that. That was that was aggressive. Why does Batman always get in like fucking? They always getting, they're always talking shit about Batman. James Gunn has a thing about Batman. He talks a lot of shit on Peacemaker and all all fucking Suicide Squad. Batman's a fascist. Shut up. <laughs> you know what? This is exciting. This is good because now every race kind of has has a superhero. Shang Chi is for the Chinese. You know, Americans, we got Captain America. Um, you know, Puerto Ricans got um what, what's her fucking name? America Chavez. Her name's America Chavez. And now the, the Mexicans they got Blue Beetle. I think I cut a boss in half. That's fantastic. That's great. Um this looks super basic. I'm not gonna lie. It looks super basic. Uh, I might skip it. I just don't care about Blue Beetle, but I hope that Vic can shed more light about the Blue Beetle character. I know there are, I know there's like a couple. He's not the original. Um, the original is like good friends with Booster Gold, another character. I 
don't know much about. But uh, yeah, I, I, I might skip this film only because it just looks like a CW type movie. It looks like it looks like a bunch of shit we've already seen before. You got to mix it up now because the superhero fatigue is really kicking in. Uh, and, you know, unless it's if it's a new if it's a new character, you got to do something different. It can't just be another just for me, like another origin story. You know, but Mel, what if they come out with a new X-Men? Yeah, if they come out with a new X-Men film, of course I'm invested because I actually give a shit about the X-Men and I don't need an origin film about the X-Men. You can just get right into it. The Batman, another another example. Just get right into the story. That's why the Batman was so good because he was already established. He just gets right into fighting the Riddler. Um that's why just this I, I'm done with I'm done with origin stories and I get it it's for the younger generation people that are coming in but here's the thing these movies already fucking exist just show them that put more ads out about these movies being on streaming services so you don't have to do a, another fucking origin film dude enough you know, I'm 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 happy that James Gunn is taking over the DC and you know he's doing he's gonna do good things. I'm really excited for to see what he's gonna do. Mostly I'm just glad that the Batman and Matt Reeves universe is its own thing, so you don't touch that shit. You can do whatever the fuck you want. But the Superman legacy, another or just just we have them already for fuck's sake. I thought the Tom Holland. Shit on Tom Holland Spider-Man all you want. I wasn't against the 16-year-old Spider-Man. I thought it was I thought it was fine. Did I think he acted a little younger than 16 at times? Yes, but I, I didn't mind it at all because it didn't it, it wasn't another Uncle Ben dying thing. They did they did it pretty well. They did it in their own way. And I, I liked it how with great power comes great responsibility. His his arc and his everything that made him into Spider-Man happens in the end of the trilogy versus the first movie. I like that. Because now you're invested throughout all three films. You're not watching the first film, you know. There are pros and cons about it, obviously. We can get into that another time. But my point being... I'm done with fucking Origins. This Blue Beetle looks like something we've all seen already. I'm done. I think I cut a boss in half. Oh, yeah. All right. This should have been a fucking episode about something. Anyway. Well, that's all the time I have with with you guys. When I when we return, hopefully I have a, another host with me. Um, hope you guys enjoyed it. Keep tuning in. I'll keep talking your, your heads off about superheroes and everything. So thanks, guys. Appreciate it. Follow us on On A Hero. And uh, I'll see you next time. Later.